Hello and welcome to an MHG podcast special. Once again, I'm Bradley and joining me for this one, he's not got a Steam Deck. I've got a Steam Deck. How you doing, Stu? Well, even though I haven't got one, I've still got lots of opinions on them, so uh, I'm good to go, really. You're not, you're not going to piss on my chips, are you? Maybe. <laughs> Just have to wait and see. Let's start as you mean to go on. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so this is a Steam Deck special. It's look. You can go onto YouTube. You can find people who know what they're doing on a technical level, and they they'll do teardowns, and they know they can do frame counts and stuff like that. You're not going to get that from me, okay? You're not going to get that from me. You're just going to get someone who's played a Steam Deck for like solidly for the past week and a bit, and has opinions on it, and will forgive some bits, and just loves his Steam Deck. Um, so much so, he's very tempted to give it a name and pass off one of the children instead. That's a good um, idea. Yeah, honestly, this thing's... Oh, right, so, first and foremost, convoluted story, I managed to get one. It's I, I was very lucky on the pre-orders, it seems. I must be one of the early, early ones. Um, and I, I managed to get one, come through, at the, completely the one time, couldn't afford it. friend of mine wanted one said i'll pay for yours and take it um and then when my when the other one comes out i'll you know you pay for that one and you can have that turn out because he can't fit grand theft auto on a 64 gig one he didn't want it so i've got it and i'll pay for his down the line it's brilliant i don't care i'm one of the first what couple of thousand probably in the country yeah i would say a couple of hundreds yeah. who knows whatever i feel special um but yeah i've got one I absolutely adore this thing. It's only the 64 gig model, uh, but so far, it's all I need. And the other thing is, I know there was a lot of talk about uh, the EMMC drive is going to be slow, etc., etc. And you should get something, at least get the 256 because it's the M.2 NVMe drives. So the EMMC, you can remove that really, really easily, apparently, and you can stick in an, e, an M.2 NVMe drive. If you've got a little bit of know-how, I'm going to get someone to do it for me. Um, there's no... They use the same slot. Um, so, well done, Valve. They are absolutely brilliant, but 64 gigs so far with a 512 gigabyte uh, SD card in there, and I've got currently installed on this thing 50... 50 games, 53 games installed, which includes a mix of like big AAA games like Elden Ring uh, to small indies um, like uh, Binding of Isaac and even some uh, non-Steam stuff. Uh, so I've got some Switch games on there. I've got Blur, a PC version of it. I've got some PSP games on there. And then they all they're all on there, and that's on a sixty-four gig with five twelve. So in total, just short of seventy games installed. That's not bad. Nice. Um, so before I get going into it, if you've got any sort of like questions about the deck that you want to ask, Stu. Well, I think it's different for everybody, based on hand feel, like it is with the Switch. But yeah. you know, how big are your hands, and how do you find holding it when you're playing? Well, you know what they say. Uh, no, I've got normal-sized hands. Um, it's it's meaty. This thing, it's a chunky. It's it's heavy. Um, now, when I say it's heavy, I mean this in a very good way. I I think a lot of handhelds are very light. 
Um, and I feel like I could break them. Yeah. Whereas with this, I feel like I could break something. Um, put it this way, right? I we went to Kent earlier this week, and I had the Steam Deck with me, and it charges two pound fifty for the car to get over the bridge, and two pound fifty for the Steam Deck. <laughs> you had to go um, through the Waybridge. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's a big chunky boy, but it feels good in your hands. Um, it's got grips on the back. Uh, what is this? It's not, not it's got like it feels like you're holding a controller in terms of that's how the grips are on the back. It's got rear buttons as well that are positioned perfectly, but you can turn those on and off. So and you've got to press them. You can't accidentally press them in any way, shape, or form. So in a, in a way, like your palm takes the weight of it. Your palms take the weight of the Steam Deck, and then you like using your fingers just to cradle to give it that extra support. Yeah. And to actually press one of the rear buttons, you've got to press it rather than it being touch sensitive or something, which is absolutely superb. Every button on there is easily accessible. So again, I could use both touchpads independently and they feel good and I can still access the triggers. Um, that I can reach each of the buttons and go back to the trackpad very easily. The the right analog again, it's all very. I can switch between them all very very easily. The same with the D the D D pad and the left analog stick compared to that as well. All feels very good. The only buttons I have issues with are the Steam button itself, which brings up the the uh, Steam menu and the Quick menu button, purely because I. When you're playing in a non-perfectly lit room, you can't find them straight away and you can accidentally click the touchpads as you try to find them. So I would prefer them to maybe be lower, but that's just a personal thing that I'm finding. I dare say I'll get used to it. But apart from that, in terms of its feeling in your hands, it is the comfiest handheld I've ever used. Nice. Yeah, no, I think it's always more important that the... You know, the sticks and the buttons and everything are, are good, more so than the actual angles, although that's massively important. But the thing is, you can make great buttons. You can't always, you can't make something that's ergonomic for everybody. Yeah. So you have to kind of like hit a reasonable sweet spot and just go, ah, close enough. But as long as the buttons and the, the control pad, the analog sticks, all that caper are good, that's so important to me. And I think they did that with the Switch. You know, I, I've, I love yeah. the switch. I uh, it could be more comfortable, but all of the all of the buttons and stuff are really good. Well, no, apart from yes. the fact there's no D-pad on the standard Joy-Con, but there you go. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's really important, and I love those. You know what are they called? The ones under the paddle things underneath. I, I like those on on, oh, on the back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of those on control. Yeah, I've not used them yet. Actually, um, I, I, I've the only time I've really set them up was I tried to play Dolph Romantic um, to do some keyboard shortcuts, and we'll get to this. Dolph Romantic's one of those games that doesn't play that great on the on this at the moment. In terms of performance, it's fine. Just no one's found the right setup for it yet in terms of controls. And I set up a few shortcuts on it there. Uh, but aside from that, most games I've played, I've been able just to use like the normal controller buttons. Yeah. Um, I, I might experiment with it down the line, but I've not needed to yet. Yeah, I've only really used them on the Steam pad itself. So that's no surprise they've gone from, you know, yeah. <laughs> the Steam controller to the Steam deck. And they were great on that. And And what I found it really good for was action games that have a lot of options. So, st especially stuff where you want to 
like stuff like grenades on the on the bumpers is great, but yep. run as a click in on the left stick is not. It's great to have that on a paddle because you know it's just so much more comfortable. You know you can still perform all your manoeuvres, stuff like jumps as well. When you're not when you're not necessarily using jump very much, but it needs to have its own dedicated button, ideally. You know, and uh, yes. but it, but accessible instead of just one of the face buttons because you don't really want to go from using your thumb on the right analog stick to hitting one of the face buttons to jump because you're actually trying to move at the same time. So yeah, yeah, no, I really like them, but they they do have a specific use case. Yeah, yeah. So tell a lie. Um, there is on sorry, no man's no not no man's sky. There was another game I played that was similar uh, that had a click the left stick to run option to it. And I first actually changed that so it was on uh, L4, which is the top rear paddle. And that didn't quite work because for me, I'm still like trying to do two things with my left hand. So I actually changed it to R4, so which is the right top trigger. And that worked a lot better to hold that in. And then I was completely independent on the left stick. So, and again, it's all fully customizable. So if you go into a game, every single game has a controller settings option um, and most will set to a default layout of like called gamepad with joystick trackpad which essentially just use it as a normal controller uh, but if you go in there are sort of like uh, I've got like emu deck based ones and stuff like that which allow for like mimicking like the Wii U and the 3DS and so on and so forth but you've got gamepad with gyro um, gyro on this thing is amazing by the way a gamepad with mouse track pads. You can use the uh, the pads to actually do stuff. Mouse only. There's mouse and keyboard option. There's uh, emulation options, and then every single template you can obviously then go in as well and edit that each individual key. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you know Monster Hunter Rise has. It says it's not officially supported because it doesn't. Uh, uh, like I think it says it's not officially supported because. Let me just look why. It still says unknown, but I think it's to do with... Anti-cheat? Anti-cheat and some control issues and stuff like that that aren't official. So there's no official layouts or anything. But you go into that, you go to controllers, or you go to uh, community layouts, there's tons. So there's people that set it up for dual shock layouts. Um, so it uses like uses like your uh, touchpad as the PS4 touchpad, for example. There's one that's completely Japanese, don't know what that says. Um, ones that are set up for gyro controls, low friction and light gyro, gamepad camera controls, loads of different community settings that you can go in and just grab and then edit those. And if you find one that's much better, re-upload it. Um, it's just really, that, that side of it is just really good. And as I said, from controlling games, I've not found a game yet that has been impossible to play. Um, some are a bit convoluted and not nice because of the types of games they are, but none have been impossible to play yet. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really cool. Yeah, I, I just, it, it's got everything there. It's going to make sure that the, it has to be on the user to be able to to um, get it working perfectly. And I think, like you said, when it when it hits critical mass and there's tons of people with this thing, then you can have so much community support, you won't really know what to do with it kind of thing. So, yeah. No, to, to, totally agree, totally agree. Uh, and this is what I want to get in depth before I forget to say it. So I've seen a lot of reports that say I oh, should get 512 or you should get this. Because of the upgrading being so simple, you can actually save 
about, I think it's about £100 by getting the 64 gig model and then just upgrading the uh, the SSD in it, yeah. uh, which is ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I've had one major crash with it so far uh, where I had to reinstall Steam. Um, but it's you basically go to Steam's website. They give you they give you a, an image file. You pop that into a USB hub and put it into the USB C port. Uh, you hold a button to boot into a boot menu, and off you go. It reboots and reflashes it. And I didn't lose any games on the one I had to do. Nice, no downloads, anything. Just reinstalled the OS. And they've kept everything on there. And I think you know, especially as if you broaden it out to your your, your collection, because you know the likes of you and me and everybody else who would potentially be listening to this is going to be into games and they're going to have several consoles. Yeah. And if you think that you, for a start, A, if you buy like a multi-platform game on Steam, on average, it's going to cost you at least £15 less than if you buy it on a console. And more often than that, it's £20 less. If you're looking at the... Well, I've got Bayonetta for two ninety nine. Yeah. For you, definitely. If you're looking at like the PS5 <laughs> and the games are 70 quid, you're looking at half that cost on the PC. Yeah. And it just the 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 rate at which the prices drop is phenomenal as well. Now this might change if, if Steam Deck, you know, comes up, you know, being the, the next big thing. But, you know, at the moment after a, after six months, it's going to be half the price, and after a year, you're going to get it in a sale for a quarter of the price, and that's yeah. that's being conservative. It's mostly going to be less than that, you know. I mean, you can get you'll end up getting a game in a bundle that you like. That like for example, I bought Scarlet Nexus for fourteen quid. Yeah, but I didn't just buy Scarlet Nexus. I got four other games with it, or maybe even six. Was that the women of heroines one bundle wasn't it yes yeah that's right yeah, yeah i think it was and so that's 14 quid for the game i want plus a load of other games some of which i actually like as well so you the amount that you save by being a pc gamer is staggering and on top of yeah. that you can just use it as a laptop if you want you know you can yep. hook it up to oh and it's so simple yeah. so simple to yeah, do. yeah yeah so if you've got no laptop and you've got no pc or you've only got a you know, an Apple device of some description, and you need a Windows PC, you've got one now. You don't have to buy one, especially as it's a very capable I, one, you know? Yeah, what surprised me, I think I mentioned this to you off-air last week when I first got it, Linux is so easy to use these days. Yeah. yeah. It is so easy to use. I mean, the version they've got on here, I don't know what version of Linux it is that they've got running on here, but it's... Um, Basically, it's based on Windows in, in terms of how it plays and how it, how how you use it, and that's just brilliant for someone like me because I've grown up using Windows and Mac, and you know my only really ex- real experience of Linux was um, Red Hat that you often got for free on a cover disc um, in the use agents or something. That was my only experience, and they were horrible to try and use. Or there've always been some kind of you've you've got to give something up to get from it or you've got to know command lines and stuff like this is all you are like ux is perfect you know the user interface works well it's got a graphical user interface there's very little that needs to be done on the command line and the, even the command line stuff now is very windows based as well so that's not too different 
And yeah, it's, you know, the desktop stuff is really good. And I've not even gone much into that, bar trying to install a few um, games from the itch.io bundle and getting some emulator stuff sorted. Yeah. No, that, oh, it's, yeah, all that absolutely great. And I think that the reason why it's important is because there's kind of been a move for, well, you know, Linux has always been there to try, try and democratise the use of computers. And Steam has been there to try and, uh, not just to democratise the use of, of ga- you know, the store for games, but, I mean, that's kind of a side effect. But the, the kind of, it, it's kind of libertarian-style capitalism. You know, it's it's like yeah. yeah, we want to make money, but we're also users. So I'm not saying like they're all yeah. lovely, wonderful people who are doing all this. Yeah, I don't worship at the ga- at the feet of Gabe Newell, but they definitely have that thing of we're we're capitalists who are also consumers, and you can feel yeah. that coming into the this in particular because that kind of it's open to the community there are community fixes please make things better for us you know whilst we also make things better on our side is a really strong driver for it you can you can tell and you know that's going to transform how good it is within the next five years uh when you see all the models but like for right now it's so important because even if this thing never takes off in the wider community, you know, it doesn't become like a, you know, a staple of many people's homes. That doesn't stop it being a brilliant device, like one of the most important devices of the last sort of 20 years, I would say. You know, it, it feels to me like, you know, the level of like maybe the mini disc where it's yeah. absolutely fantastic. No one bought it comparatively. Well, I loved my yeah, mini disc. You did, but, you know, oh. <laughs> but, you know, a fantastic product. I still, I still, I still think the mini disc is the future. Personally, <laughs> well, it was a fantastic product. You know, uh, it superseded what came before. It, it had a great use case. It's just people were embedded in the thing that they had, and it allowed the PSP to exist. Well, exactly, yeah. So you know, all of these things. It, uh, it's just a great device by the sounds of it. I can't wait to get mine. And you know, one thing I've not seen a complaint about with this, which I'm surprises me that people haven't picked up on it. It's not an OLED screen. It's not 1080p. It's only running at 800p. Most games run best at 720p, but it, they all look good. There's no complaints about it. I've not seen. I've done a little bit of a re- little bit of research going into like before we've done this recording to make sure it wasn't just me that didn't care. No one cares. Yeah. No one cares because it scales well. Yeah. So, I mean, to give you an example, okay, of what I've got on this thing and what I've been... I'll let, I'm will i going to go through a list of games. I want you to guess which one I've been playing this most. My, <laughs> my super powerful Steam Deck machine. And guess what game I've been playing the most on it. Okay. But you've got Aperture Desk Job, which is a wonderful introductory bit of software for teaching you how to use the Steam Deck. And it's obviously, it's in the portal world, so the stories are, are sublime in, in it. Uh, Binding of Isaac. Isaac? Binding of Isaac. Uh, Disco Elysium, better than the Switch version, so I've, sw- I've started again and started playing it on this. Ecstasy, which is a puzzle game I really love. Elden Ring, uh, which I've only done the opening bits, plays really well. Uh, Ember Knights I've been playing, and again, you know, we could talk about that. We talk about that on the, the last podcast. Euro Truck Simulator, handheld, and it works, yeah. and it plays well. What's that all about? Right. That's, that's, that's not on the Switch. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise PC version yeah there you go um, it, it 
says it's not support. It's an unknown game in terms of their verified list, but it just works perfectly fine. Mixalumia, oh my god. Um, Neon Abyss, No Man's Sky. I mean, I've been waiting for this on the Switch and going, yeah, I can't wait for the Switch. Even it's a cloud version because I can play it handheld. I've, they've lost the sale because I've got it on the Steam yeah. Deck now, unfortunately for them. Uh, Pacer, um, the Wipeout clone. Oh my god, that runs really well. Uh, Princess Farmer is a perfect handheld game, and the bigger screen of the Steam Deck makes it a better version of the Switch version. Tunic, Vanquish. Oh my god, handheld Vanquish. <laughs> nice. And that, that's, that's deck verified as well. And Wreckfest, which is also coming to the Switch, but it's going to be compromised compared to this. Um, and that's brilliant. And I've also found that I can get enslaved Odyssey to the West for about one ninety nine as well from CDK yeah. so I will be picking that up because I love that game and I was hoping maybe someone might port it one day don't need to care now it's there it's done awesome. I can play it awesome. uh, and so out of all those that I've gone for I've missed off a couple off the list uh, but which one do you think I've been playing most on my really powerful handheld PC well I'm going to go between uh, Bind of Isaac Mixalumia or Wreckfest well no it's Mixalumia oh, there we are <laughs> uh, I've toppled a couple of your high scores by the way just I just had high scores. I find that very difficult. You did. Play. Well, on my friends list, anyway. There's only a couple of us playing it. I've got. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna wax lyrical about it again in the next podcast. But yeah, I've been playing tons of that handheld. Again, I've been wanting a Switch version. Uh, if that Dave makes is listening to this, you ain't got to worry now. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. There's. I mean, yeah. I've said on the podcast for weeks, if not months. There's so many games that I probably wouldn't have bought, or yeah, on a, yeah. in any format just simply because of the, the format I could play it on and that I'm going to now. So, you know, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's game changer. And on the other side of things with it, again, this is this is going to be me sort of going, my God, this is so wow. Um, this isn't going to stop me buying games on the Switch, like in terms of Nintendo first-party games, uh, because I still think you should pay the creators for their games. However, what it might start doing is stopping me playing certain games on the Switch itself. Um, so I've got, you know, I, I've, I've just for test some of these and some of them because I really want to want to try them. Um, I've got Blur. Obviously, that's not a Switch release, but it's a, an old game that you can't get on any other system, modern system. So I, that plays really, really well on here. Um, I've popped Captain Toad Treasure Tracker on here. I've completed it and I own it on the Switch um, just in case anyone needs going, oh, privacy. It's not, I own the game. Uh, been playing that on here. Plays really, really well. Um, and then some of the old emulation stuff I've got, like Daytona USA from the Dreamcast. Brilliant. Uh, Death, fight, uh, Death Jam Fight for New York for the PSP. Sega Rally Outrun Coast to Coast. Uh, I never bought it on the PC, so I never had a Steam version. Plays really well. Metroid Dread runs really, really well on it. Um, SSX Tricky, Super Mario 3D World, uh, Wipeout Pulse, Wipeout Pure, and the Pierce the Resistance with this, natively in a way, Xbox Cloud Gaming. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the one thing the Switch still has over the Steam Deck is that the dock, you pop the Switch into the dock and you it literally goes, hey, hey, change display. This, you need to basically plug an external thing in, plug uh, HDMI into that external thing, go to desktop mode, set up your screens, etc., etc., and then switch between them when you want manually. Yeah. So it's not plug and play like the Switch. But again, I dare say people will make that happen down the line. 
I would be very surprised if they didn't. Yeah, no, I see a huge thing. And going back to the emulation as well, it's like one of the the things that's so important about emulating older games like that is like Wipeout Pulse and Wipeout Pure are great examples because they're excellent games, but they never ran at more than thirty frames per second on the on the PSP, and. It, you know, they would also slow down as well, which you know is a big deal in a racing game. And you put it oh, on, especially a wipeout. Yeah, exactly. And when you put that on more powerful hardware, that problem goes away, and it's suddenly an even better experience and, and can become timeless. And it is also designed for a handheld. So the fact that you can play it on a handheld at what I'm presuming is easily sixty frames per second is yeah. absolutely superb. And that applies to all of those retro games. Yeah, and the one, I mean, to be honest with you, this is where I'm different to a lot of people who are reviewing this thing. I will never put on a screen counter, a frames counter display on my system because yeah. I don't care. And I, I've done it, well, I've done it once before. I used to, I, I um, had um, Project Cars on an older PC uh, a few years ago that was running. I, I put the, everyone else was doing it, so I put the frame counter on. It was like, oh, 60, 60, 60. Oh, it's dropped to. 45 why is it dropping to 45 and instead of playing the game i spend weeks making minor little adjustments to try and go we'll get this to 60 i need to get this to 60 running at 60 and i just made things worse and i think i've got viruses on the computer because i was downloading all different things that people were suggesting and all because a little thing said blah 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 played it again turned it off um a few years later and do you know what? It probably might have been running at 30, 35. I don't know. I don't care. I enjoyed it because I wasn't constantly looking at a little number going up or down. Yeah. It's, it's important. Again, I'm not belittling it because it is important to some people. I know some people are very sensitive to these things, but for me, I'm not. Um, when this 40 hertz fiends comes out and the 40 frames per second, I will switch to it because apparently the battery power gains are worth it alone and that, that will do me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think a lot of, you know, I mean, the, there's a bad, old-fashioned sort of view of what PC gamers are like in that, oh, yeah, it's like 60, 60 frames isn't good enough. We've got to make sure you get higher gains, blah, blah, blah. But most of the time, it, the reason why they're interested in, like, Digital Foundry videos and stuff, and I include myself in this, is to find out how it runs at a baseline so yeah. you know whether your computer is going to be okay with it or whether you should not really bother buying it. And, you know, you don't really get that very much these days. And this is part of a wider point that I wanted to talk about is, you know, if there are people from the outside going, well, you know, I'm not really into PC gaming, it's too much of a faff. I think PC gaming has moved far more into the, the regular middle ground than it ever yeah. has because it's just like the settings are so easy to just click through to change it to what you need absolutely you know way way easier than it ever was but also at the same time p uh consoles have gotten much more complex you know it's like th that comparison people have in their mind is mega drive versus a windows 95 machine you <laughs> yeah. know that's what they're comparing you know plug it in turn it on versus oh my god i've got to download a load of drivers it's like well it's not like that anymore become much more into the mainstream yeah so the I've worst the worst user experience I've had on any computer or games console is the PS4 because yeah. of the way it downloads and unpacks games that you need double the space on your system 
to be able to install a game that's half the space of what you actually have left anyway. It's, yeah. it's yeah. you know, it's horrible to be able to, and they go, oh, what do I get rid of? And you, you're managing it. And yeah, you don't need to do that with a PC, in all fairness. And that's yeah. someone who's always been a console gamer. Yeah, and I think, well, exactly, yeah, it's, it's exactly what it's like. And, you know, when you're thinking about stuff like, oh, we just want it to work, you know, the Steam OS has got this, well, the Steam Deck OS has got this uh, 30 frames per second switch. Yeah. You know, and you stick that on and you're laughing on the approved games, you know? You don't even yeah. have to think about it. But my experience with this so far, as someone who's impatient, um, and wants things to work out the box, but likes to tinker at the same time. I, I, I'm a special use case. I'm a special boy. It's, um, you are a special boy. I opened the fin up. Hello. I opened the fin up for the first time and went, oh my God. It's like, I mean, they should have put a gold thingy over it so it shined gold as you opened it. So it was like, yeah, oh my God. Um, that scene from Pulp Fiction in it, Vincent Vega. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I opened it up for the first time. Um, I had to plug it in to turn it on, even though it had quite a decent charge on it, which I thought was really interesting. I don't know whether that was just a freak occurrence or whether they're going, look, we want you to know where the, the charger port is or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but it made me plug it in before I could turn it on, even though it had charge, which, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so uh, someone else, if anyone else got one, let me know. Did you have to do the same or was you able just to turn it on? Um, anyway, it turned on fine. It went, right, signed into Steam, signed into Steam, done my two-factor authentication. A few minutes of getting all the most recent updates. And then there you go, 1,000-odd games available. Of those, 200-odd are Steam verified. God knows how many more, you know, are playable. But uh, have. I mean, what's considered not, like, in terms of, is playable but has the little explanation mark is it might not have um proper button prompts it might only have like keyboard or something other prompts on it yeah and that's considered not verified so again if you not if you only don't need to only look at verified games you can explore um as well even the question mark games there's only certain games that aren't supported at all such as like destiny 2 and stuff like that uh but even then you can get windows on this thing of destiny 2 runs so uh but anyway install a few games play a few games perfect right now i've got to tinker a bit because it's me so i've got to tinker uh what's this how do i get to desktop mode press and hold the power button switch to desktop mode really simple you can run it with the deck um get a usb hub keyboard and mouse trust me on this but yeah so get get into there um, so first thing I've done with this was like, right, I want to do Xbox Cloud Gaming. Sort of officially supported. You can go to Microsoft's own website and it tells you how to get it running. Uh, but they basically said, look, we haven't got a native app yet. We're probably going to do one down the line. But for now, this is what you do. Runs really well. Runs really, really well. Again, it's not as good as probably running it natively. But again, it's not replacing native video gaming it's an option um i can yeah. play games that i can't play because i haven't got them elsewhere i don't need to buy an xbox console still at the moment i've still not looked at a console gone, oh i really need to buy a new one um yeah so you've got that the next thing i wanted to do was emulation um, and emulation is generally a faff no so you go to there's a there's a uh, someone's made something called emudeck 
you go to the website, you download um, EmuDeck, you run the installer, um, and it does it all for you. It goes, uh, like, okay, which of these emulators do you want to install? You click all of them, you might as well, and you install them, and it goes, right, where do you want the uh, the ROMs folder and the BIOS folder and everything put? Um, but basically, pop a bunch of ROMs into the folders, which are already created, so they're all named properly, all the paths are done properly. You copy over a whole bunch of BIOS files into the BIOS folder if you really want to play, like, PS2, PS1 type stuff. You do all that, um, and then you've got a program it installs with it is called Steam ROM Manager. Um, and you run that and you tell it, right, what systems do you want it to pick up on? So you go, right, I want you to pick up this, this and this. Um, and then it'll run a scan. It'll find all the artwork for the games you've got in those folders for these systems you want to run. And automatically adds them to Steam. You then go back to desktop, uh, gaming mode. And in there, you've got all your games that you want emulated that look like native games. So you haven't got to go into an extra emulator to start them. You basically go, I want to play SSX Tricky. I click on SSX Tricky, click play, and then behind the scenes, it goes, bad, 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 bad. There's a the game for you. So good. <laughs> There's, that's no no faff whatsoever. Yeah. You know, apart from that initial download, and then you click a few buttons. There's no faff. Uh, this thing is, I, I think we are redefining handheld gaming again. The Switch was important. The Switch was vital to this. But I think we're going to see a new generation. You've got to look at like the AR Neo Odin or whatever it's called and the various Ambedic devices to see that we are entering a new generation. And when there's a Steam Deck 2 or whatever they decide to, however they decide to do the upgrade path with all of this, um, this device alone that I've got here, I'm just going to turn it into a dedicated emulating machine if I get another Steam Deck in, say, three, four, five years' time. This will stay as an emulation device because everything up to PS2, Dreamcast, I've not tried GameCube yet, um, well, everything up to Switch, essentially, I mean, if you want to go modern enough, runs well. PS3 apparently runs well. I just can't be asked with PS3 stuff at the moment because <laughs> that, is a bit more, that is a bit more of a faff because it's all to do with how the emulator holds and rather than what Steam Deck does. So, you know, it, 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 you can do up to that. And, yeah, so even when this is outdone in terms of modern games, new games, you've got the perfect emulation device here. Yeah, yeah. And the way that things are, are working now... There aren't really going to be any machines produced in the future that are going to need to be emulated, probably, um, because unless anything massively changes in the market, because it's all going to be service based, like yeah, you know, like Game Pass. Yeah. So you, you're kind of looking at you know you cut off point B in like the PS3 era really, and then yes. after that you, you're kind of laughing. So yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a permanent addition. This kind of thing. Yeah, I played. Um, I used that. Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. But I bought that device secondhand where you could stream games from Steam and stuff like that to it. Uh, oh, what the uh, Steam Link? Uh, no, not the Steam Link. Although I did have one of those. But is oh the, the Nvidia thing? No, no, no. Oh. The device itself uh, is like an Android device based on Android, and you could stream games to it, you know, from your PC. And that's fine, yep. but it missed having quite a few things. So it missed having all the correct buttons for a start, which is very yep. important. And it missed having a local download copy and streaming, you know, from your own devices in your own home is a bit patchy at best, and I could never yeah. get a great connection. Um, so just having that is really important. You know, uh, they've, I think they've stolen 
not stolen, but you know, they've been inspired by Nintendo the most. So yeah. the Switch, uh, but also the Wii U, you know, that thing of being able to stream within your own home properly kind of thing from the device. I think they've kept all these things in mind when they were producing this machine, and it's really important. The, the Wii U, I mean, it's an interesting one, because the Wii U in and of itself was a brilliant idea. Brilliant idea, just yeah. marketed very badly. Um, and felt Fisher Price yes. in terms of yeah. how how it was built, which is the Switch doesn't. Uh, but this has got yeah. The, sorry, that's the other thing I forgot to mention with this. You could do in home streaming as well with this thing, and it you know it's so. Essentially, if I really, really, really wanted to, I could load up a video on my Windows desktop and stream it to this thing by going into like the uh, streaming mode uh via the desktop uh doing it that way so you know there are again you why you'd want to i don't know but you can and i tried out um uh life is strange uh remastered on this thing via streaming rather than downloading it locally um booted up perfectly within seconds on my pc and it was on my screen it run really well the only issue i have is obviously on my screen it's running at 1440p and it's on here on my steam deck it's picking it up at 1440p so everything looks a bit weird the text is blocky where it's then running at a lower resolution on here now i dare say there are things i can do to improve that um it even says there's some settings but at the moment that's something i'll check later down the line i'm not that fussed about it but again if you really want to and you're running out of space and you go, oh, I really fancy a game of this, that's one way you could do it as well. You're not limited in how you can play a game, which, again, as we know, is what been Microsoft's ethos for the past couple of years. Yeah, it's such an important thing as well, you know? It's, re- it's really important. I-, I think just this decoupling your experience from the devices themselves... And having the right device for you is becoming more and more important. And like you say, for you, for me, for anyone, one one issue, one way of connecting to the game might be an edge case. Whereas for somebody else, it might be the most important thing for them. Yeah. You know, it's their absolute focus. And decoupling these things is really, really important. And it's kind of a step step towards that as well, you know? It's really getting there. I just I meant to mention this when I was talking about how this felt in your hands. Lucas has played it. He's fifteen. He got on well with it. Uh, got bored because it wasn't sort of like Minecraft, and he just plays like these games that he plays. Um, so he was like, "Oh yeah, that's really cool, Dad. Uh, can I put one of mine on it?" I was like, "No, my games. Uh, you play what's on there." Um, and Edith, uh, we, we, uh, Spyro was on there briefly, um, so I could get her to have a little play with it. She got on with it fine. She's five. Um, yeah. You know, she she had no troubles holding it. Now, she rested it on a desk, on, on the table while she was playing it. But, it, you know, there's the bottom is kind of, it's not flat, flat. It's got a slight bump at the edges of where the, uh, you hold the controller. So it doesn't sit flush to the table when you put it on the table as well so again she was able to use it leaning on something as well and again if a five-year-old could handle it then unless you've obviously got serious mobility issues you should be able to use it but then if you've got mobility issues because it's open source in a way 
any if you've got a specific controller that you use for something because it's been built specifically i don't see any reason why it wouldn't work on here because if it's wired it'll go into the usb-c hub that you could get for it if it's wireless it's liable bluetooth i would imagine and that will be able to be used so you're not limited there so even if you've got mobility issues you should do it yeah excellent uh, however there is a however that needs to improve the accessibility features on this thing at system level pretty much non-existent there is a zoom button that you can like a hotkey so it's like you press the steam button and l1 and it will zoom magnified uh but it's it works sometimes like system level it works really well so you can like get it and then you can move around but if i do it in say no man's sky it magnifies the middle of the screen and if i try and move to the bottom right hand corner the in-game controls think i'm doing in-game controls so it doesn't let me actually move the magnification around yeah um so it, that's i think what they've got to do next is once they've got this thing working where they're happy with it accessibility features at a system level this is their big chance now uh to be the company that stands out going this is what we're going to do system level because pc games are the one system or games where you can go look we automatically turn on all accessibility settings. If you choose that in the OS, when you start a game, every accessibility option is turned on, and then you can turn them off to make you to how you see fit. Yes. Um, yeah. So let's do that next. I understand why not now, because this thing is essentially still in beta, but that's what we've got to see next. And it's my only real negative, my only real negative about it. Yeah, I, it's uh, like you were saying in a previous podcast it, it's one of those things that you could get a consultancy in early on in the life start a life cycle of something and and get that sorted i think that will come in the future i think for now like you said it's okay to just patch these things in as you're going along yeah as long as it's open enough for that to happen and i think it probably is it probably is so yeah they'll get there i think it's a shame that it wasn't there for day one but they'll get there like you say yeah, and I suppose the other thing is like, what, what's really true. I've not found any use for this feed as outside of gaming yet. So this is the interesting thing. I've used it purely as a gaming device. Um, I've played very little of my Switch since I've had it. Um, and it's not a slight... I feel like I've been sort of like taking slide digs at the Switch. It's not. The Switch is a fantastic bit of kit, but this is a new toy at the moment, obviously. But there's still loads I'd play, rather play on the Switch. Like To be honest, even though I've... <clears throat> tried a few nintendo games on here i think i'd still rather play those on the switch because they feel natural on that whereas i feel like i'm false brute forcing something here just mentally i think that is i don't think it's anything to do with how it physically plays that's just a mental barrier i have um and yeah it's like I, i've not but on the pc i've not sort of gone oh, i've got to play this on the pc over this and there are games that i will go and play on the pc dolph romantic is one that doesn't quite translate well rail route won't translate well and things like that but they are odd games most games i've played i can play on this now rail route dolph romantic i can play on this and i can get a keyboard and mouse working with it if i really wanted to but at that point is where i the only point i go if i've got to set this out on a dock get a keyboard and mouse out and play it with a keyboard and mouse to get the experience I want. At that point, I should be playing it on a PC. But I've got a PC. 
if you haven't got a PC and you want to play those games, then you can on this by adding it, playing in desktop mode and hooking it up to a TV or monitor. So the options, again, are there. And at no point have I gone, this wouldn't do what I want it to do. The, about the only thing you cannot do on this thing would be heart, heavy video and photo editing. That's about it. Yeah, VR. <laughs> eh, at the moment. At the moment, but yeah, in future. I mean, you could. I mean, technically, the Switch could do VR by putting it in some cardboard goggles. <laughs> yeah. I but, wouldn't put this into cardboard goggles because it would fall through the earth if it fell. But, yeah. Yeah. It, you never know. You never yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll get there. Yeah. I, I think my, bi- my biggest takeaway from the launch by far is that even as somebody who's followed it all the way through its development, who owns a PC, who's very much into modding, emulation, tweaking, all that, the biggest surprise for me is how compatible games are with it. Uh, I'm yeah. really surprised. I thought it would be like, you know, a lot of new ones, a few years older, you'd start struggling. There'd be a cutoff point where it was nothing would work and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Whereas it seems to be like the majority of things are working through Proton. There's a few edge cases that don't work very well but still work and a tiny vanishing number of ones that you can't get working at all. And they will eventually. Which will eventually get, yeah. And it's just like from day one, to have that level of compatibility is just unbelievable there are yeah you know companies like nintendo don't have that level of compatibility on their own machines from software they have produced let alone you know it being a third party thing from 15 years ago so you know amazing yeah and there are some games you know i they adventure into installing grand theft auto 5 it's like 100 odd megabytes or whatever it is and you need to it does need to do some third party things i mean you can so here's the other thing again this is what i've not tried you can get epic game store ea play and all stuff like that running on this thing as well which is frankly ridiculous um it is I've not bothered trying because, again, I've, just, I've got to a point where I'm going, I'm tinkering too, but I just want to play some games now. Um, yeah. And I, so I've, I've set myself that I'm not going to try all this other stuff until there's more videos of people showing how to exactly do it and give it a good three, four months of just playing games on the theme rather than trying to break it. Well, exactly. Um, exactly. Because it's like you, you can either do it now and put a lot of effort into it and with, you know maybe great results maybe poor results but get it going or you can just wait three months and somebody will have done it for you yeah let someone else do it and as we said before we'll just go we'll just go onto the community and go i bet you can't do this yeah you suck yeah yeah uh but i I honestly this is this it's gonna redefine i think what gaming is i don't think the steam deck's gonna it's obviously it's not gonna knock the switch off its perch in any way shape or form it's not gonna have an effect on the switch's bottom line i don't think this is gonna cause a massive privacy issue either um because i know i've seen some people go it could cause privacy if you can emulate switch games on this what it's still easier to play a switch game on a switch yeah and that is that's essentially piracy now okay yes yeah, some people do it because they're assholes and they don't want to pay for a game but most people who get a pirated game now for me do it for ease they're not doing it for i don't want to pay money for this game it's just i want to play this game easily or i want to watch yeah. this thing easily if you make it too hard then they will pirate like with me with blur i can't play that game easily so 
it's you know i've got a, a, a cracked version of it that i can play because no one's letting me play it natively with the actual game yeah yeah and it's literally as simple as that you if, if they re-release blur tomorrow on the steam i would delete the version i've got on there now and buy it yeah yeah I, it's just like you know oh, it's so important I, let's use I, i'll only make a very very quick point but like netflix right so if you've got yeah. netflix and, and a few other resources that you subscribe to and there's a film that you can't get hold of you will feel totally fine about pirating that and yeah. you know technically that's illegal but that's ridiculous because you're not being given the availability of that thing yeah. the thing is as well what might be uh ethically iffy or you know ethically neutral even switches to ethically good over time if you're looking at it on a graph because you're part of the community who is helping that asset to survive so without you having done that that asset would cease to exist because if it's owned by a company who won't release it they will you know because there's no profit in it then it becomes unavailable if you've taken it back then it is available you know yeah. in some form so that so that people can still enjoy it and that's really really important old films are disappearing off of netflix they're becoming less and less available generally um even if they do exist they're not being remastered so they're still in a very uh, in a format that's very poor for modern playback and all of these things have apply to video games as well and you know, I'm not saying go out there and pirate everything because you're being a hero, but I'm saying for anything that's dropped off the radar and is, is seems to not exist, if you can find it, get it and make sure it stays alive. You've got to look at things morally depending on who it is. You know, is it okay to rob a bit of bread from a supermarket if you're starving? Of course it is. Of course it's okay to rob a loaf of bread from a supermarket. You'll probably get more punished, but is it okay to go and take you know, a poor family's last loaf of bread or last couple of slices of bread to feed the whole family because that's all they've got because you're feeling a bit peckish. No, it's not. They're both the same act, but one is morally reprehensible. The other one is understandable. Now, I know you can't compare gaming to sort of like how we, the things we need to actually survive, but when you look at the corporations, they're not your friends and everything they do is to run, is to make money and they are making billions upon billions upon billions for about three different people within the, each company. Um, what you, if you, if you pirate a game from someone like that and run it on Steam Deck, you're not affecting anyone because whether, the people who made it, you pirating it is not going to make a difference as to whether they've still got a job at the end of the year or not. It yeah. really, really isn't. Yeah. Because no. not enough people pirate to make that much of an indent. Yeah. No, no, I, t- I totally agree. I totally agree. And of course, it's, you know, it, we, I'll stop in a second because we, <laughs> we could go on forever with this. It's, it's an important topic. But even using the word pirate, it implies that you're stealing something from somebody who needs it or, you know, it's illegal, it's immoral, it's all those terrible things. And it's just like, no, there's more nuance, like you said. There's yeah. more, much yeah. more nuance than that. And in this use case, having a, a, Steam, a Steam Deck and playing Switch games that you bought, I'd say that's a really good use case because it's yeah. taking 
you know, <laughs> as I've mentioned before, it went from them going, if you own if you own the physical media, then you've bought the game, you can then play it whenever you want. It went from that to you have to own the f- physical media because unless because we own the IP. So if you own the physical media, you don't own the IP, you just have the physical media. If you lose physical media, you have to buy it again. They went from that to even if you have the physical media, we've got the power to take away the IP from it. You know, yeah. a Gran Turismo 7 is a great example of this. You can buy a disc, but you're not going to be able to play it unless they've got their servers switched on, which they can turn off whenever they want. So yeah. it's kind of like you've got to make sure that you are not being taken for a complete sucker on these things, you know, because it can it can become ridiculous and there is nuance. So, yeah, that that's just an yeah totally i mean again i'm looking through every single one of these games that i've got that are emulated on here at the moment and there's not one on here where i would turn around and say if they sold me that version that i could just go and buy it and run it on here easily i would delete what i've got here um i say def jam fight for new york is one of my favorite fighting games I, i really love it i can't get that any other way legally um you know, the, the, I suppose the only legal, technical, legal way I could get that is to go to CEX or a marketplace somewhere, buy the physical UMD and put it onto, uh, buy a PSP again and put it on there. Because I had a PSP, but it broke. So it's not as if I got rid yeah. of it, it broke. Um, it's just died on me. And they do it that way. I can't buy a PSP, legit. The Sony aren't seeing any money from a PSP I buy. They're not seeing the developers aren't seeing anybody for Def Jam Fight for New York that I buy out of CEX. Um, so yeah, it's, so it's, be it's it. just all artificial scarcity. Just yeah. so you get so desperate that when they finally put their ROMs up on their store, that you buy them at whatever cost they're charging, which is always far too much money. Yeah, totally. And I say just my, my last point I will make on 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 this. Oh, my great on deck list has grown again. I've got to find out what's been added. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's yeah it's um this, the lists are constantly growing on what you can play and stuff like that and i i honestly i i cannot recommend this 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 system enough i want to get back to the system rather than talking about piracy um and to give you a clue of some of the ones i haven't got so it's even stuff from like 100 uh, percent orange juice which is some kind of like fan service puzzle game. I don't know why I've got it, but it's a decent puzzle game, actually. Alan Wake is playable on this thing. Um, Automobilista 2 is playable and verified on this. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd say Enslaved, I don't think you can actually buy anymore. Death Stranded and the Director's Cut work on it. (laughs) Um, Devil May Cry, Dishonored, Discover Elysium, Doom, so it can run Doom. Um, that much listen to the previous podcast if you want to know more uh, keep talking and nobody explodes um, literally almost a perfect use case for that as well because you haven't got to worry about hiding the TV from people so <laughs> god yeah uh, the, the, the list has just grown so fast yeah it's just, Left for Dead just, the, yeah. Life is Strange Mad Max uh, the Mini Metro and Mini Motorways work on it oh Jesus there's just so so many um, the weirdest one and it's a game that no one really cares about or knows about. Contradiction Spot the Liar, which is an FMV game, works on it and is verified. There you go. No, oh, very um, cool. Yeah, really happy with that. Um, quite a few FMV games work on it, actually. There's quite a lot of unverified. West of Dead, Walking Dead. 
the Telltale one, that is. I don't know about that one because I don't own it. This is on ones I own, by the way. Uh, who pressed mute on Uncle Marcus? Get that game. Wolfenstein, Worms Armageddon, Wreckfest, Yakuza. All the Yakuza games up to Like a Dragon. Um, Yoku's Island Express and Ukulele Impossible Layer. That is just like me just randomly going through my 311 verified games on here. Uh, I won't go through the 1,700 odd that I've got available. And I reckon at least, at least half of those will run on here in some form or another. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I was just staggered that so many worked so easily. Uh, Proton is just so much better at converting these things than I ever thought it would be. It's, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I'm in love with this thing. Um, I'm going to kick Lorraine out and live with it. <laughs> Just needs to fit it into one of those Japanese body pillow things and away you go. Yeah, sorted. But, yeah, no. Oh, it, the case, the one last thing, sorry, I think it's just so much. The bloody case that comes with it, I, I, I thought they'd send me, like, a special edition thing by accident. It's, like, such high quality. It's yeah. like rock hard on the outside. It's really padded on the inside. Like I, I do you know the old test? Like you could throw like the old thing. Like you could throw a Game Boy off of a like t like a multi-story like car park, and it would just be fine when it lands, kind of thing. Yeah, because it was indestructible. With this in this case, I think this is indestructible with in a case because awesome. this case is so good. Yeah, that is that's not cheap because I've you know bought cases uh, official cases for like my switches and. Yeah, not cheap. I, 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 can't, I, I, say, I can't wait to see where this goes. It's, you know, I dare yeah. say this will age quickly in terms of in three years' time, these, these like the one I've got will be considered sort of like, wow, okay. Oh, you really want the new one. But the new one is going to be like, what new games can I play on it? Because there's, uh, I've got everything I can play, 1,700 games that I can potentially play on this thing. It's going to take me a while to get through, so I don't think I'm going to have any envy yes, um, in yeah. terms of what other people could play. And I think development of hardware is slowing down at the moment because of the pandemic and everything and the shortages. Absolutely. That I don't think there's going to be many games released that this won't be able to cope with in some way. Yep, Absolutely. But yeah, honestly, if you're on the if, if you've got one pre-ordered, you've got something special coming. If you're on the fence on the fence about whether you want to get one or not, honestly, at three hundred and fifty quid for the base one, it's it is so so good. It's worth doing, and you can upgrade it down the line because it's PC architecture. So of course you can. I, I, I can't. I, I wish I could say to you just go out and get it now because you'll be on a really long waiting list at the moment, <laughs> which is the only downside. Um, I, I can't. I can't wait for you to get yours, Joe. Um, if only because it'd be hilarious if you turn around to me and go, "What the buggery was you talking about? This thing's crap." <laughs> <laughs> I would think it would be quite a surprise if that happened, but you never know. <laughs> it's a strange no, world. No. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, you've heard all the like the technical aspects of the thing and all the teardowns and what it could do on a technical level. For me, someone with ADHD. It's amazing. It's just amazing. It plays all my games and more. And I, I, I love this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And even though I'm a PC gamer who likes, you know, having a powerful PC, comparatively powerful, I, I will end up playing more PC games more often, by far, if I've got it available to sit on the couch. Because that's still, you know, still where I spend most of my evening. Is is not 
you know, sequestered away in a room on my own playing video games. It's, you know, downstairs in the front room with my wife being a regular human being. And I'll, I will uh, keep, have my lack of regularity by having a Steam Deck and being able to play that. Uh, yeah. yeah, and it fills a niche that the, that the Switch just doesn't because the games are much more expensive and they're much, you know, much more narrow use case it generally. Yeah, so, but yeah. No Man's Sky I picked up for, I think, 20 quid with all the expansions and everything. I don't yeah. know how much it's going to be on the Switch. Um, I say Bayonetta I got for 2 99 and that's still 40 quid on the Switch. So, you know, it's... <laughs> Therein is your is your you know this is where you start saving money if you buy this thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I kind of I, I've, got, I've got no wrap up for it. I didn't. You know, it's just damn. This is a good machine. Well, I think that's a good enough wrap up for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's exceeded our expectations. I think, which is quite amazing in a in an era when we've got all these shortages. I, I think from to have managed to do it and still get units out to consumers in a reasonable time frame has been quite amazing and for it then to overperform in terms of what it can do is is a massive success story and even if it doesn't become a staple in everybody's home i think it needs to be celebrated for doing those things so well yeah <clears throat> and my final thing i'll say is like it will start with gaming but with a lot of technological advances it will start with gaming but it's interesting where it goes from there <laughs> Because the next thing is, if you've got a Steam Deck, or you know, this is we could now start putting PCs into these type of things, and you soon will be able to put the equivalent of, uh, you know, a a rig that's got the latest i nine processor with, you know, the equivalent of a thirty eighty Ti in it, for example, into something the size of the Steam Deck. That will happen at some point. At which point are you then going? Well, actually, you've got a portable editing studio because it fits in there on the screen you just then plug it into a bigger screen with your keyboard and mouse and away you go yeah because what we've now got to do is can we improve calling that's yeah. that's the next thing can we improve battery life they're all the next things that this is going to have to then push on so again it's, i i'm really excited to see what this does for the future of gaming and other technological advances absolutely oh shut up now <laughs> great yep that's the end of this special hope you enjoyed it if you've not before check out our other regular podcast episodes and look forward to catching you in the future